Hello, sisters. As you know, we have been going through the book of Philippians, which is often called the epistle of joy. But yet joy is a free gift from the Lord. And Paul tells us to count it all joy when we go through various trials. So why is our joy being robbed? In this three-part series, I'm going to give you nine reasons why your joy might be being robbed. I pray this series blesses you. Hey family, welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat. And I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another? They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Hi, guys. I am doing a three-part series on what robs our joy. As we've been going through the book of Philippians, and Philippians is considered to be the epistle of joy, what robs us of our joy? There's this free gift that's been given to us, joy being one of the fruits of the Spirit, also, the gift given to us is joy and peace, and yet so many of us walk around not experiencing the joy of the Lord, that once things don't go our way, once life is not exactly how we want it to be, somehow we can't, we don't have joy. We, it's like we give it away. And so I want to talk about this. Uh, what are some of the ways in which we give away this free gift that's been given to us called joy? Now, what joy is, is not happiness. That's one thing we have to uh, realize is happiness and joy are not the same thing. Happiness is experiential. Happiness is I'm going to the amusement park. I'm having a great day. I'm going swimming and I'm just happy because your circumstances are around you create happiness. But the second that you're at this place that you want to be and you're having this great time and then suddenly a storm comes and it rains and wipes out the whole event, well, you're not happy anymore. 
because happiness is an experience. It's experiential. It's based on, um, you know, your environment is happiness, but joy, joy is something that you have, no matter what you're going through, you have a joy an inner joy and inner peace about who God is and who you are in him. It's truly supernatural. And it only comes from above. That's the only way we're going to experience real joy and real peace is something supernatural. It's a supernatural gift from God that the world and unbelievers cannot, they just can't fully experience or comprehend it if they do not have the born again experience in God. And so I'm going to give you three things. Um, and this is a three-part series. So there's going to be nine total things that still are joy, but I'm going to break it down into three parts. So the first three is number one not having a thankful heart that will rob your joy much like the Israelites in the wilderness, how quickly they would forget all that God had done for them. And they would start grumbling and complaining and they would lose any joy. Here's God parting the red sea and saving them from their, their enemies from Egypt. And quickly they would forget. Here's God who is bringing down this supernatural, delicious, manna from heaven to feed them every day. And at first they were like, this is amazing. And then they start grumbling and complaining. And they're like, oh, we're, we're sick of this. We don't want this anymore. And they no longer have their joy. When we forget all the goodness of God in our lives, it will cause us to not have joy and contentment. We won't, God says that we are to have a grateful heart that this is what's pleasing to him. And when we take our eyes off of Jesus and we take our eyes off of heavenly things and we put it on this earth, we will start to become grumblers and complainers because we forget quickly the beautiful salvation and the inheritance that is awaiting us. This is why Paul could say he could rejoice in all circumstances. He could rejoice no matter what was going on because he had a thankful heart. He was so grateful for his salvation and what God had done through to, for him in Jesus Christ that he was able to have a joy in all circumstances. He could be whipped, beaten, fasted, stoned, in prison, shipwrecked, not have any food, lose his friends. People would uh, walk away from him for the gospel's sake. And he said, I count it all joy. He had an inner joy that kept him rejoicing. Joy is also rejoicing, you know, being able to praise God in the middle of it all, being able to thank God in the middle of it all. Paul was able to do that because he kept his eyes on the promise of Jesus Christ, where Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. No matter what you're going through, you're in the palm of my hand and nothing and no one will snatch you out. You have an inheritance that's awaiting you in heaven, talks about First Peter. This inheritance is incorruptible. It cannot be stolen from you. It cannot be, it will not be rusted out or, or thieved or it will, your sin can't take it away like nothing. It has been paid for at the cross for you to have this beautiful inheritance. You have a father who loves you and wants to pour out gifts upon you. You have been adopted into this amazing family. And so no matter what you're going through, you can count it all joy because no circumstance, no trial, no persecution can take away your salvation, can take away your inheritance, can take away 
all that's been afforded to you by the father through the son and sealed to you with the Holy spirit. And this is why we can call it all joy. We can have sadness. You, we are having a human experience. If you can be sad about maybe you lost somebody and you're grieving or you're sad that something didn't turn out quite the way you thought it would, or you're sad, you know, because you just got a, a bad report from the doctor and it's sad. That's a real feeling. Jesus experienced sadness, but he never gave up his joy. Paul experienced sadness. He talked about how it would have grieved him if his if his brother, you know, Ephroditus and Philippians would have died. He was almost on his deathbed. And had God not granted mercy to him, it would have, oh, Paul would have been so grieved in his heart to have lost this brother who had spent this time to come and bring him a gift from the Philippian church. So sadness happens, but having joy in the sadness is where it truly is that beautiful gift where I can say, this is sad. This hurts my heart. I rejoice that God is in control. I rejoice that it's not going to take me out of the palm of his hand. I rejoice that I have an inheritance that awaits me. I rejoice that I'm a daughter of the king and that even though I am going through this circumstance and it does grieve me, I count it all joy. I know that God's going to work it out for my good and his glory. So I encourage you to have a journal by your bed and every night before you go to bed, write down all that you're thankful for, that you can think of that, that day, even if it's just three things. And sometimes maybe you're going through a really, really hard season. And the only thing you feel like you can be thankful for is one, your salvation, which is so amazing because it's never, it's, it cannot be taken from you. And number two, you got breath in your lungs to live another day. You have, you know, you're, you're still breathing. Your heart is still pumping blood throughout your body, you know? And, and so you can still say, God, thank you. Thank you that there's food in my belly or there's a shelter over my head or, um, there's breath in my lungs that I can still praise you. And thank you for our salvation that will never be taken from me. We can always find something to be thankful for. And when the more thankful we are, the more grateful we are to God, the more that joy cannot be robbed from you. It's yours. It's a free gift. So number two, when we do not receive his forgiveness in full. Number two, when we do not receive his forgiveness, our joy can be robbed. This was huge for me. I, for many years, my joy was stolen or robbed or given, I gave it away because I just didn't understand the gospel. I did not understand what Christ did on the cross for me, really. And it's because, you know, we just don't really learn the depths of the gospel anymore. We don't learn the doctrine and the theology and all these deep, beautiful truths. And so when I realized that, that, my salvation was in Christ alone and that he loves me. He's not growing in his love for me. And his love is not based on how good or bad I am that day. His love for me is eternal. God is love. and His love is truly eternal. Jesus says the, the letter of the law that was against me and you was taken at the cross that all the laws that we had broken, all the sin that we had had committed and will continue to commit 
was taken once and for all at the cross. It was nailed to him in Colossians. I have a whole podcast episode on my favorite doctrine, the doctrine of imputation. And so please go listen to that uh, podcast episode, or it's on YouTube as well, if you're watching on YouTube, because it's so important to understand that we have a debt. We have accumulated this debt with our sin, and it was placed on Christ at the cross, all of it, past, present, and future. And so when Jesus said it is finished, it is finished. My salvation is paid for. My salvation is it's done. It's done. Christ isn't crawling back up on the cross and paying for it again. It is done. And when I understood this, that his grace is covering me, that his love is covering me, that his mercy is given to me new every day, that all of my sin, past, present, and future was nailed at the cross. It, it was like a ton of bricks just laid off me. I was always thinking that God was some, you know, angry God up there that was just waiting for me every day to just mess up so he could just spank my butt because he's a good dad or so that he, you know, so he could just take my salvation from me. And, you know, yes, God does discipline his children. And I praise God for his discipline that keeps me on the right track, that puts me back on that, uh, uh, you know, when I kind of get a little wayward, you know, that he does, he loves me. So he disciplines me. Hebrews talks about that, but he is not up there just waiting for me to mess up so that he can discipline me. His grace and his mercy, I am drowning in it. You know, when we think about, you know, Romans chapter five, I did a teaching on in um, Romans chapter five about the love of God and how it's being poured out in our hearts and how we're drowning in his grace and mercy. If you haven't heard that teaching, go and uh, listen to that teaching on Romans five. It's not on the podcast, but it is on YouTube. And it just brought so much freedom to me to realize I have a dad who just loves me so much. He's eternally loves me. I'm drowning in his grace and mercy. And so it gave me a freedom when I understood this, it freed me up to just walk out my sanctification without fear. I don't fear God's judgment anymore. First John talks about the perfect love of God casts out all fear. What is that fear? Fear of judgment. Fear that he's just going to throw me into hell, that he is just going to give up on me. God is not going to give up on me. Jesus said that he who starts a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Jesus is the one that started the good work of salvation in me and he will complete it. I'm going to have bad days. I'm going to have bad moments. I'm going to have bad seasons. Now I'm not giving you a license to go and just habitually sin. And you can just live with your boyfriends and have sex outside of marriage and watch pornography all the time and do a bunch of drugs. Like that is not, that's the heart of a true believer. A true believer wants to walk in holiness, desires to walk in holiness, and, and is making the necessary steps to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. I have a teaching on that. If you've been following the Philippians teaching, then go to the um, Philippians uh, uh, chapter two. I don't even know which one it is, but it's called work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And listen to that one or watch it on YouTube because it is, again, we have disciplines that we need to be walking out in our salvation. So this is not a license to sin, but however, if you are truly born again, you have truly been regenerated with the Holy spirit and you have the fruit and the transformed life to back that up. You can look at your, you can look at your life and say, I can see that I have truly been transformed. That I, I have new desires, new affections. I have a new relationship with sin and, but I still battle that sin that dwell, dwells in me. Romans seven, 
uh, another teaching on YouTube. If you want to go listen to it, Romans chapter seven. So yes, I still battle that sin that dwells in me, but it is no longer I who sin. I'm not trying to go out and sin. It is, it is the sin that still dwells in me. I have been set free. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who now lives in me. Satan is busy accusing us day and night in the throne room of every little thing that we're done. And Jesus, is he is busy interceding. Yep, that was covered. Yep, I got her. Yep, that was taken at the cross. We're working on that. Holy Spirit is still sanctifying her. Holy Spirit is still working things out in her. Yep, she's working out her salvation with fear and trembling. And, and the Father has given me everything I need to work that salvation out, right? Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Praise God. So when we have a proper understanding of our salvation, a proper understanding of forgiveness and that what has been afforded to us in the cross of Jesus Christ, then we will keep our joy. It's what we lose our joy when we don't realize. And so every time we sin, every time we mess up, instead of having proper sadness or conviction, which we should have, we will lose our joy, our peace, our everything and go into tailspins. And so uh, what I would like you to do is if you are battling sin, if you have something that you are battling and you know that you need to get set free from it, get with the elders of your church, find a Titus woman to um, help disciple you and, and and help you get through it, through it with the word of God. You know, that we need spiritual moms and dads that are truly walking out this life with us. Don't, don't give up hope. Don't, you know, just count it all joy that you are being sanctified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And this is a battle like the onions I talk about. This is another layer of your life that's being peeled back so that you can look more like Christ, so that you can mature in him. But it should not rob your joy. Get your mind focused on Christ, on the finished work of the cross and say, yep, I'm battling this. I'm being sanctified. This sin still besets me sometimes, but I'm battling it. And it will never take my salvation. I'm not going to get taken out of the palm of the hand of God. And he is walking it out with me. And the Holy Spirit is giving me everything I need to overcome. I am an overcomer and I am victorious over sin. You are not, a, you are a saint in God now. And so I want you to really meditate on that. All right. The third and final thing on this particular uh, episode is when we hold on to unforgiveness. So we just talked about how, we don't receive the forgiveness of God, but what about when we're not extending forgiveness to others? It will rob us of our joy. Have you ever heard the saying that um, unforgiveness is like having a syringe full of poison and you inject yourself with it, but you expect the person, the other person to die, the person that you're holding the unforgiveness to, you're so angry, you're so bitter. And so you're like, I'm just going to, I got a thing of poison. I'm going to inject me with it. And they're like, but they're, and, make, and hopefully they die. No, you're the one dying. Your unforgiveness only hurts you. It only hurts your walk with God and it hurts your joy. It robs you of joy. When I first heard that, that made so much sense to me because I was holding on to so much unforgiveness and so much bitterness towards the people that had abused me, the people that had hurt me, the people that had abandoned me. And I would just, I would, I, I internalized it. I was angry with them. I didn't have a voice. I never expressed it. I couldn't express it. And so what I do, I start abusing myself. That's what unforgiveness does. We start internalizing and just abusing ourselves with that unforgiveness and that bitterness, that anger. It just keeps us in a perpetual state where we lose our peace and we lose 
our joy. I was full of anxiety, depression. I was controlled by post-traumatic stress disorder. I had so much pain and unhappiness that it just, it robbed me of the joy of the Lord. I couldn't even see past the pain. I couldn't even see the goodness of my salvation because I was so angry and so bitter. And so when I learned to start forgiving that, that I needed to uh, really lay these people at the altar of God, I am not God and I have no business holding unforgiveness to people. I have no business holding judgment upon them. Yeah, they've hurt me. I thought that if I forgave my abusers, that that somehow meant that um I was okay with what they did or that I suddenly had to have them back in my life by forgiving them means I need to let them back in my life because true forgiveness will let you back in. Right. Or, you know, by me forgiving them, then they're somehow off the hook that what they did, you know, was okay. I kind of already mentioned that, but listen, these are misconceptions about forgiveness. Forgiveness just keeps me bound. The definition of forgiveness is to cease to feel resentment against someone else. So this is an action. Forgiveness is an action to release me from what they did to me. Forgiveness is an action of forgiving them for the consequence or the pain that they've caused me. But I'm not saying what they did was okay. I'm just releasing them from continuing to abuse me. Because the abuse that they gave me or what they did to me, they did that, but then I'm continuing to allow that abuse or that situation to affect me. And so I'm allowing them to continue to abuse me is what I'm doing. In grief recovery, we talk about plan that we we have where we help put together bringing a relationship in evaluating that entire relationship and all the places and where we need to release them, where we need to forgive them for what they've done. It's giving communication It's giving a verbal communication to what was done and the feelings in which I had around the pain that was caused me. We are so good at dulling pain. We are so good at just covering up the pain that we go through as humans. We are good at not feeling the pain in in its fullness so then we never truly heal. And that is where, when I started learning how to forgive, I started really going into the process of forgiveness. I wrote down the person and everything they did to me. And I cried about it. I allowed myself to feel the pain and I gave verbal communication to it. I gave, you know, I felt humiliated when you did this. I felt abandoned when you when you did this i felt shame when this happened when you when you did this to me and so i was i gave myself a verbal communication i finally gave myself a voice to communicate that something had happened to me that caused me great pain and now i'm going to release you from that pain from from that that does not mean i'm going to let you back into my life it doesn't mean I'm going to give you opportunity to abuse me again. If that's the situation, some, some things you can reconcile with people, you forgive them and you reconcile. And some situations we have to still hold those boundaries and say, I forgive you, but I'm not going to bring you back into my life to give you another opportunity to do this to me again. I admitted that I was holding on forgiveness. I repented to the father for that. I said, man, you have, you have forgiven me from so much father. You have forgiven me from the most vile things that I have done against you. 
And I admit that I'm holding on forgiveness to this person or to this situation or these things. And I'm, I admit that this is hard for me, but I'm going to give verbal communication. I'm going to feel the pain. I'm going to write down what it is, the pain, the actual feelings around it. Not just I'm happy or I'm sad, but get deep into your emotions. And we help you do this in the grief recovery method program. But, and then I'm going to forgive, but I'm going to go to the Holy spirit and to say, help me forgive. You have empowered me to live out this life in the fullness. You've empowered me to forgive and to love and to walk in peace and joy and and grace and mercy. You have given me the power to do that. I, in my own human effort, cannot forgive. But Father, you have forgiven me and you've given me the ability to forgive others. And so I'm asking you to help me do that. And I wrote down scriptures on forgiveness. And I read those scriptures, how God has been so gracious to forgive me and how we're to forgive other people. And so I started just pouring the word of, in my life on forgiveness and how to forgive God or how to forgive others, but also how to receive forgiveness from God. As we kind of talked about in, in, in too, that, that forgiveness has been given to me and my joy has been restored, you guys, even when people still hurt me because people are still going to hurt us. We're still going to go through painful situations. We're still going to uh, go through these things and we're going to have to forgive quickly. Now that I have this tool set that I know how to forgive quickly, I know how to how to uh, you know have a tool set that I'm able to to immediately put it act into place and go. Okay, I'm doing this. Forgive. You're done. You're forgiven. Because I'm not even going to give the opportunity to start abusing myself or hold on to unforgiveness that can steal my joy. So I forgive quickly. And things from my past, if it comes up that maybe I'd forgotten about or it's it just comes back up, I immediately can take that captive and go. Okay, I I, I understand that. That I know I felt this way when that happened, I forgive you and your joy will be restored. So those three things, have a grateful heart. Be grateful for all that God has given you, especially your salvation. We always have something to be grateful for because we have our salvation alone to who you are in Christ. Don't let joy be robbed from you because you don't realize how much you have been forgiven and how loved you are and how the grace of God that you're drowning in. And also... Forgive others, forgive others, and your joy will be restored. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would. Head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work grace and peace. I leave with you until next time.